0: My name is Emily, and I've always had a deep love for the wilderness. Becoming a park ranger was a dream come true. I had envisioned my days filled with fresh air, breathtaking vistas, and the gentle rustle of leaves. But nothing could have prepared me for what awaited at Hollow Pines National Park. It started innocently enough. The park superintendent assigned me to the Hollow Pines Ranger Station. As I drove deeper into the forest, the towering pines seemed to close in around me. The isolation was palpable, and the deafening silence only intensified my unease. It was like the forest held its breath, waiting. The ranger station itself was a relic of the past, a wooden structure with peeling paint and a sagging roof. Inside, the air was heavy with the weight of years gone by, and the walls seemed to echo with secrets— The previous rangers had left abruptly, leaving behind half-finished cups of coffee, personal effects scattered about, and journals filled with cryptic entries. I tried to dismiss the sense of foreboding that settled over me as I settled into my new home. Each night, I would sit by the creaking fireplace, poring over the old journals. The stories they contained were haunting. Tales of shadows that moved on their own, eerie whispers in the wind and a feeling of being constantly watched. My fellow rangers had written of inexplicable fear that had gnawed at their sanity. One particularly chilling entry described a night when the forest came alive. Trees bent and twisted in unnatural ways, their branches forming grotesque shapes. The wind carried strange voices that seemed to speak directly into the rangers' minds. It was as though the forest itself had a malevolent consciousness. As the days turned into weeks, I couldn't shake the feeling of being observed. The isolation was overwhelming. One evening, as I sat reading an old journal, I heard a voice. Soft and delicate, it whispered my name, Emily. My heart raced as I searched the empty room, finding nothing amiss. I told myself it was my imagination playing tricks on me. But the whispers continued they followed me wherever i went faint and barely audible but undeniably there emily the voice seemed to come from the very walls of the ranger station as if the building itself held a dark secret the nights grew longer and my sleep was plagued by nightmares i would dream of twisted trees with gnarled branches reaching out to grasp me their roots pulling me down into the earth In my dreams, I could hear the voices of the previous rangers, their faces twisted in agony, warning me to leave before it was too late. One stormy night, the forest unleashed its fury. Thunder rumbled overhead, and lightning tore through the sky. The wind howled like a wounded beast, and rain pounded on the roof of the ranger station. It was then that I heard it, a chilling cry that rose above the storm a cry that was not of this world. I grabbed a flashlight and ventured outside, my heart pounding in my chest. Through the rain and darkness, I saw them shadowy figures moving among the trees, their forms flickering in and out of existence. The whispers grew louder, an unintelligible cacophony of voices that seemed to come from all directions. In a panic, I stumbled back into the ranger station and locked the door. The voices followed me, seeping through the walls, invading my mind. I felt myself losing control, my thoughts slipping away. It was as though the forest itself had claimed me. I don't know how long I remained trapped in that nightmare, but when I awoke, the storm had passed, and the forest was silent once more. I packed my belongings and left the Hollow Pines Ranger Station, leaving behind the haunted memories that still haunt my dreams. To this day, I can hear the whispers, faint but persistent. They follow me wherever I go, a reminder of the malevolent force that lurks within the Hollow Pines National Park, a force that will never let go of its hold on those who dare to enter its domain. A military man, John, went outside to have a smoke. He lives in the hills surrounding Deadwood, South Dakota. He spotted two kids walking up a hill. They stopped and looked at John, which spooked him. They were wearing hoodies and looked very strange. Their eyes were completely black. They started to come across the street walking directly towards John, who introduced himself to them. They continued to advance towards him. Frightened, he retreated into the house. Inside, he asked his wife if she heard him talking to the kids. She never heard anything. They soon went to bed. John then noticed one of the boys outside his window. He rushed to bolt the front door, as one of them was there too. He never made it to the door. For whatever reason, he turned around and went back to the bedroom, where he saw the boy standing outside his window. He went to grab his pistol. He wanted to scare them off. He assumed they were wearing masks. One was at the window and another was at the door. He was extremely scared now. The next thing he remembered was waking up in bed. His wife informed him that he had been gone for an hour and a half. I did hear the door open and close. You weren't there, she told him. John had left the house at 4 a.m. and didn't return home until 5.30 a.m. A friend of mine known as Damo was an avid fisherman and he and his dad used to go out sea fishing whenever they could. A few years ago he told me this story and it creeped the hell of me so this seems like an appropriate place to tell it. Damo and his dad were on the second night of a trip deep sea fishing and they decided to get some sleep in the early evening so they could go for whatever fish they were after at around 1am, the best time to get this fish apparently. Anyway, they only had a small-ish boat, but the weather was extremely pleasant, and the sea was calm to the point of stillness, so they figured it would be a great night's fishing for them. Around 12.30am they started to set their gear up, and as they were on the starboard side getting bait ready, they heard a loud splash on the port side. As there was almost no swell, they figured it was either a large fish, or some gear had somehow fallen in, so they went over to have a look. Floating face up in the water only a few feet from the side of the boat was a young woman they reckoned she couldn't have been more than about 30 at the most. She showed absolutely no signs of decomposition bloating, and there was nothing tangled in her hair, all of which would normally suggest she had been in the water for some time. She was wearing a simple white skirt and a blue-colored strappy top, both of which were clean and apparently looked barely wet again, all indicating she had only just gone in the water. She showed no signs of damage like having been beaten or attacked and her eyes and mouth were shut. Damos said she looked totally peaceful and like she was simply asleep and just floating on her back in the water. They were both totally freaked out by the whole thing, but reacting more to the need to make sure she was okay instead of just standing there trying to work out where she came from. They tried to wake her up, shouting to her, etc. and they threw a line to her, hoping they may catch her enough to pull he back in. She showed no signs of movement and the splashing around they were making with the rope served only to let her body drift further away from the boat. When she was a few meters away, damo ran off to grab a fishing rod hoping they could pull her in that way and his dad ran to the cabin to try and call a coast guard for help when damo got back to the side she had vanished he frantically searched around and splashed into the water with the rod thinking she had bobbed underwater or even drifted under the boat somehow but the body had vanished eventually his dad Figuring they couldn't just leave a potential dead or unconscious body floating in the water, jumped in and swam over to where she had last been, hoping he may find her under the surface, but they couldn't find anything. They did eventually drive the boat around in a good half kilometer circle, but they never saw the body again. The coast guard did come out and obviously Damo and his dad were kind of interrogated to make sure they hadn't murdered, dumped the body, but nothing came of it all. The freakiest thing about it all was that the boat was thoroughly checked before they had set out fishing the day before so they could say with certainty that there had been no woman on board when they set off either a dead body or a stowaway homeless woman. The apparently fresh state of the body kind of removed the possibility that she had been in the water a while and that they just found the body and they were far enough out from land and nowhere near any other boats that her appearance there was just totally unexplainable as was the way the body just disappeared. Damo and his dad hadn't been gone more than 20 seconds from the side of the boat, but in that time the body just vanished. They were both really shaken by the whole thing, and were most terrified by the fact that her appearance was preceded by the heavy splash in the water, to them suggesting the body had only just entered the water from their own boat. They tell the story now as a kind of, you won't believe what happened to us once type thing, but it shook them badly, and neither has been back to the same fishing spot since. Sorry it's a long one, but it's so creepy it felt like it deserved to be explained fully. My sons, then about seven and five, and I had planned to fish the Brighton Bush River near the 4685 bridge as we'd camped in the area before and they were familiar with it. We turned off FR-46 onto 4685 south crossed the bridge, pulled over and parked. Forion 685 continues on a short way, then begins to climb. There's a dirt road that leads right west that parallels the river immediately past where we parked. I was giving the okay, here's how we're going to do this. Speech When a movement a little farther up the road, 100 feet or so, caught my attention. When I looked I saw a figure I initially thought to be a person walking across the road from left to right, but quickly realized this was out of the ordinary. The figure was approximately eight feet tall, maybe a few inches more, covered with reddish brown hair all over its body. I distinctly remember seeing muscle movement as it moved and thinking, man, that thing must be strong. I also remember its arms swinging as it walked and being too long for a human being's because its hands came down to its lower thigh level. It only had to take four or five steps to cross the road, then step down over the edge of the road into the brush. It turned and looked at us briefly as it walked. I can't honestly say I got a good look at its facial features, but I did notice that the hair color on the head and the side of the face matched the color of the body hair. When I looked at my boys, My older son was staring where I had been my younger son didn't see it. After the shock of did we just see a bigfoot. Past I walked up to where the figure had walked across the road and tried to duplicate its stride. I'm five feet nine and it took me several steps to cross the road. I went into the brush where I saw it enter and found a foot-shaped impression in some moss-covered ground that dwarfed my boot. That was enough we decided not to do any fishing. On the way home we stopped at the ranger station and asked if they had heard any reports of Bigfoot and learned real quickly why most people don't report their sightings. I was 17 and laying in my driveway smoking a cigarette. I was mad about something and I said to myself, I'm so pissed off right now if an alien ship flew above me I would tell them to F off. Typical teenager shit. At the exact moment I thought that I heard the sound of a foot scraping across the ground. I looked down since I was laying down and saw a man with white hair and a backpack walking down my street about 20 feet from me. I lived on a cul-de-sac and this man was not one of my neighbors. He was walking from the opening of my street toward the dead end. I watched him walk by, and he got behind my car, and I watched his feet go past my tire. I kept watching to see him walk out the other side, and I waited, and I waited. I never saw his feet walk past my tire, so at that moment I thought he was standing at the back of my car so I get up to confront him, except he's gone, poof, no man on the road. No doors opened or closed on my street and my neighborhood was cut out of a large hill, so there was no outlet except for the end of the road, but that's where he was walking from. It scared the ever-living shit out of me. I put my cigarette out and went back inside and locked the door. I have only told a few people about this. Edit. This was at about 11pm. Very quiet on my block and no one outside. Though I was in a neighborhood, it felt secluded and alone. My brother and I were camping outside of Wasp, Tennessee at the foothills of the Appalachians. Me, him, and two dogs were sitting around a fire at around 2 a.m. A rock the size of a basketball came hurling off the top of the rock face that was about fifty foot up in an arch that landed just short of our fire. We thought maybe it had just rolled from higher up and got some speed, but then we heard growling. Not like a mountain lion or a bear much deeper. Our dogs who were very quiet hunting dogs began growling with their legs between their tails. We noped right into the tent and got our rifles like something that can hurl a friggin' rock like cares about bullets. Another time my uncle and I were hunting South Alabama in a giant old pine tree orchard. We stumbled upon around fifteen deer carcasses up in the top of the trees. We summed it up to poachers and went on our way. Once we were in the deer stand we heard screaming like a woman, but so guttural it made my skin crawl. And for the first time in my life, I saw fear in that man's eyes. He looked me in my face, said F this bullshit, and started gathering our gear. Later on, one of his good friends, full Native American, explained that the sound was a windigo. I don't know if he was screwing with us or not, but I've never heard a sound like that before. Took me a couple years to go in the woods before or after daylight again. When I was 15, I was at a boy scout camp in Illinois. My tent mate was sick, so he went home on Tuesday. Wednesday night, I'm alone in my tent, and I heard what heard like thuds, between 10 and 12 a minute. I thought little of it and went to sleep. Thursday night, alone again, I need to take a shit about 1 am. I walk up to the latrine and behind me, I start to hear those thuds someone is chopping wood with our troops axe at one in the morning someone who then stops looks directly at me and then walks away into the woods i've never been so scared in my life i heard laughing accompanying the chopping later that night i reported it to the camp staff and they did an investigation which revealed that others heard what i had and one had even seen the same thing and to this day five years later has come up empty this wood chopper hasn't reappeared, and it was confirmed not to be a camper or staff member. One time my boyfriend and I were camping out in the wilderness. It was probably close to around 11pm or midnight, and we're both in our tent, laughing and talking before we fall asleep. His dad and stepmom are both doing the same about 50 feet away from us in a camper. The conversation died for a second, and as it was quiet, we hear a freaking roar. Imagine a man full on roaring, like the most anguished yell I've ever heard before in my life, only it wasn't a man. It was close to it, but way bigger, way more powerful sounding. There's no doubt in my mind that this was not human, but I couldn't think of a single animal it actually matched up with. Neither of us are new to the wilderness. He grew up in that forest and has probably slept more nights out there than he could count. I'm a really big camping nature enthusiast myself and have heard so many different animals make so many different noises. As this is going on, both of us are completely paralyzed so I know he can hear it right along with me. The noise dies out and, as soon as it's been quiet for more than a few seconds, dozens upon dozens of coyotes start answering back in every direction. Yipping, crying, just everything in this dead quiet forest is completely filled with them calling, all over. This goes on for what feels like forever before the yell comes back out again. All of the coyotes stop at once. The only thing you can hear is that roar. It sounds like it's miles away from us, but right next to us, simultaneously. The coyotes all stayed completely silent after that. Both of us have been quiet, listening, the entire time. Then the yell goes dead, there's no noise after. The entire forest is silent, and it takes me a minute to ask if he heard it, already knowing that he did. He told me yes, no tone in his voice. Just flat and fast, yes, so I sat frozen in my spot and tried thinking of every animal I've ever heard. In the wild, at the zoo, on nature documentaries. The closest thing I can think of is a person, but almost more primitive. Way bigger, more powerful, more wild. I ask him, do you know what that was? Have you ever heard anything like that before? He answers, with the same dead tone, no. I've never heard that before. Both of us agreed that, despite going through every animal in the almanac we could think of, every state of all those animals hungry, mating, challenging, dying that could produce that kind of noise, or what kind of animal could be big enough to even make that kind of call, let alone with that much range and depth. Nothing. The next morning we didn't even have to say anything. His dad and stepmom started the morning by asking if we heard it. They said Bigfoot first, just for the record. I don't disagree at all. This is exactly how I decided that I believed in Sasquatch. I've searched on YouTube and I've found some really similar calls. Nothing has matched perfectly depth, length of call, that sort of thing, but some of them are almost so spot on that I don't have a problem thinking they're made from the same thing. I came to this thread to read other sassy stories, but haven't found one yet, so I figured I'd throw in mine. This happened about three years ago, and I want to hear it again so bad so I can try to record it. I'll be completely open to somebody suggesting an alternative to what it was, but I promise it wasn't any of these things. Cougar, bear, bobcat, lynx, elk, deer, fox, osprey, squirrel, porcupine, beaver, wolf. Coyote, person, really drunk, high person, songbird, insect, mouse, dog. This is what my mind looked like, just trying to find an answer. Definitely one of the craziest few minutes of my life. When we were kids, my dad took the whole family to do an overnight tenting trip on the next lake over from where our cabin was. The other lake was about a mile portage in and had no road access. This lake was about as remote as you can get. That night, around dusk three drunk guys show up in a boat stating the tiny island we were camping on used to be theirs. They came and made small talk but they were creepy as f. I was maybe 10 or 12 and my dad just happened to be cutting wood when they pulled up. He didn't put the axe down for the rest of the night In the end, nothing happened, but I have no idea who they were or where they came from. I travel often for work, and I was driving through New Mexico on I-40. I drive about 40-50,000 miles a year, and I have never seen anything paranormal. I have driven this route, but not for about 4 years. I'm driving west on I-40, and out of the blue, I spotted a blur moving down the hill mountain at a ridiculously fast speed. In a span of about 5 seconds, my brain did its best to make sense of what I was seeing. Coyote was the first thing that came to mind, the way it was moving looked like a canine. The next thing I realized was that this thing was huge, maybe the size of a horse. I've often seen horses run down the fence lines on hills and that was my next thought. But the shape was wrong. The speed was also way off. This creature was flying down the side of this mountain. The whole time I'm really not feeling anything but confusion and nothing is really registering as off just because it's happening so fast. I have a thought that we are going to meet at a point about two to three hundred yards down the road. So I think to myself when I drive by I'll get a closer look. When I passed where we should have met, there was nothing. No fence, no houses, nothing to explain a horse. There was no sign of the animal, like it just ran through a portal or something. There were no shrubs, trees, or anything that could have hidden the animal. At this point I got a very eerie sense of dread like I had to get away. I pulled into a gas station about 30 min down the road. This is what really creeped me out. I felt like I couldn't trust anyone. I had this uncomfortable feeling of mistrust and suspicion. I felt like everyone I came across knew what I saw. Normal everyday people, it's like I felt I was going to run into someone or something dangerous. I drove on through Gallup and up to Shiprock and into Cortez. I can't shake the feeling of fear and couldn't bring myself to shower late at night in a strange hotel. I've never been one to believe in paranormal stories, but I just can't explain to myself what this was. I keep thinking about it, and I just can't logically explain it. Horse-sized wolf canine dark Gray hair with white belly. Fast. Extremely fast. Has anyone ever seen anything similar in the area? I'm from Texas, never been around reservations or Native America much. I'm just very confused and would like to hear about anything similar. I had always been drawn to the wilderness, the quiet solitude of the forest, the thrill of the hunt. It was a primal calling that had been ingrained in me since childhood and no matter how much the world around me changed, The wilderness remained my sanctuary, so when the opportunity arose for a weekend hunting trip deep into the heart of a supposedly haunted forest in New Mexico, I couldn't resist the challenge. The forest was known by locals as El Bosque Encantado, the enchanted forest, and tales of strange happenings had swirled around it for generations. Disappearances, eerie lights, and unsettling whispers were just some of the stories that made brave hunters and curious adventurers approach it with caution. But I, Larry, was never one to back down from a challenge. Armed with my trusty rifle and a backpack filled with supplies, I ventured into the heart of this enigmatic woodland. The forest swallowed me whole as I ventured deeper into its depths, the trees towering above me like ancient sentinels. It was a dense, dark labyrinth that seemed to absorb sound and light, casting an eerie gloom over everything. The air was thick with tension, and even the soft rustling of leaves sent shivers down my spine. As I stalked my prey a majestic buck that would be the envy of every hunter I began to notice strange occurrences. My compass spun wildly, refusing to point in any one direction, rendering it useless in this maze of trees. The wind seemed to whisper secrets in a language I couldn't understand, and shadows moved in the periphery of my vision, just beyond reach. I chalked it up to fatigue and the natural unease that often accompanies solitary hunting trips. But as the hours passed, the phenomena escalated. Strange symbols etched into the bark of trees, glowing with an otherworldly light, appeared before me, guiding me deeper into the heart of the forest. It was as if some invisible force was luring me further into its clutches. Night descended upon the forest, and the darkness was absolute. The usual sounds of nocturnal creatures were absent, replaced by a profound stillness that sent a shiver down my spine. My campfire provided little comfort as I sat with my back to a massive tree, my rifle clutched tightly in my trembling hands. That's when I saw a figure, or perhaps a shadow, moving among the trees. It was neither human nor animal, its shape shifting and ethereal. I felt a cold sweat break out on my brow as a deep sense of dread washed over me. It was as if the very forest itself had taken form to challenge my presence. I raised my rifle, aiming at the elusive figure, but it seemed to dissipate like smoke, reappearing at will. Panic seized me, and I fired wildly into the night. The forest answered with eerie laughter, echoing through the trees like a mocking chorus. Terrified and disoriented, I fled through the dark woods, guided only by instinct. The forest seemed to shift and change around me, as if the very earth beneath my feet was a living, malevolent force. I stumbled upon a clearing, bathed in the pale light of the moon, and collapsed onto the ground gasping for breath. As dawn broke, I emerged from the enchanted forest, battered and shaken, my mind filled with the haunting memories of that dreadful night. I had survived, but I had witnessed things that defied all logic and reason. The haunted forest had tested my beliefs, my courage, and my very understanding of the natural world. I returned home, haunted by the supernatural experiences I had endured and struggled to find the words to share my ordeal with others. They would never understand the terror I had faced in that dense, haunted wilderness where the line between reality and the supernatural had blurred and where the forest itself seemed to come alive to challenge the souls brave enough to enter its depths. My first time hunting in a deer stand by myself as opposed to hunting with my father. I was 14 at the time and very excited to be trusted to hunt alone. Well being the stupid 14 year old I was, I forgot to bring a flashlight and had to walk about 1 quarter mile down a trail to the main trail where I would get picked up. So there I am walking down this dark trail in the middle of the woods alone. I am not scared of the dark. But naturally, it is very quiet, and any normal human would be a touch jumpy. Well, what I didn't know at the time was that turkeys sleep in the top of trees. I just assumed they spent their whole life on the ground and only flew when absolutely necessary. So imagine my surprise when I walked directly underneath one and feet over my head, a full-grown turkey takes off full speed through the top of the tree yelping. I physically jumped in the air and absolutely froze with fear. My 14-year-old brain could not find the directory with turkey listed as a possible outcome so for 10 seconds I was completely frozen in fear trying to figure out what I just heard. Needless to say, when I told the story to my dad later, he got the biggest laugh out of it and explained to my city boy self that turkeys sleep in treetops.